the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army, and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, every one helped to destroy another. So here you have a great victory. And as you note here, I don't think God actually commanded to set up singers, but it almost appears as if it was Jehoshaphat's idea. Um, and it seems uh, counterintuitive, I guess, that you would go to battle and put the unarmed people in front of you singing. Uh, but yet it's just, a, it's a, I think it's a beautiful example for us that when we face challenges and uh, difficulties in our life, that we go into them singing and praising. <clears throat> so here they, they sent their, their, those conducting the praise and song, they went before the force and the power, and they were victorious. <clears throat> so we can learn something from that if we face obstacles in our life. I know maybe it's easier said than done, but to go into them with songs of praise um, and worship. I know it takes a lot of faith, especially, I mean, I don't know how those singers felt. Uh, they were in the front lines, and they were probably unarmed. <clears throat> it takes a lot of faith. But I think that's got what God wants of us. If he sees that worship of him and uh, that, that trust, that confidence, and praise and adoration, he'll be there for us. <clears throat> See another example in Acts 16. Twenty-two and twenty-four. I'm going to break in here. This is about. Uh, Paul and Silas, as you may have guessed. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. So there you see it again. Um, in a very dismal situation, they were just beaten. They were thrown into jail. Their hands, their feet were fast in the stocks. And who could imagine what, what kind of prison this was like? But what did they do? They sang and praised God. 
or they, they prayed and sang praises unto God. So that's a good example for us. Um, if you feel like you're in a prison, praise the Lord. Okay, I'm going to go back to Second Chronicles. There's another story here. Chapter 29. Okay, so this was the revival, I call it a revival, that Hezekiah brought <clears throat> and what he did when he came in as king. Verse 25, and he set the Levites in the house of the Lord with cymbals, with psalteries, and with harps, according to the commandment of David and of Gad the king's seer and Nathan the prophet. For so was the commandment of the Lord by his prophets. And the Levites stood with the instruments of David and the priests with the trumpets. And Hezekiah commanded to offer the burnt offering upon the altar. And when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord began also with the trumpets and with the instruments ordained by David, king of Israel. And all the congregation worshipped and the singers sang and the trumpeters sounded. And all this continued until the burnt offering was finished. And when they had made an end of offering, the king and all that were present with him bowed themselves and worshipped. Moreover, Hezekiah the king and the princes commanded the Levites to sing praise unto the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer. And they sang praises with gladness, and they bowed their heads and worshipped. So here we have the a revival Hezekiah is bringing in. And, of course, he brought in the, the sacrifices uh, but he, he set up the singers again and caused the place to, to ring with music and was with rejoicing. <clears throat> so if we are the temple of God, how much more should we be filled with praise and worship? How much more should we ring with that joy, that rejoicing? Can we ring with rejoicing like a hundred players of instruments and singers? <clears throat> I think the, that, that rejoicing would flow out of us. Our neighbors would ask what's going on. <clears throat> okay, then in Nehemiah... <clears throat> Chapter 12, <clears throat> 40 to 
Okay, so this was the joy of the Israelites at the con concentration, consecration of the wall of Jerusalem. So I'm going to break in here. So stood the two companies of them that gave thanks in the house of God, and I and half the rulers with me, and the priest Eliakim, Messiah, and all these names with trumpets. <clears throat> and Messiah, Shemiah, Eliezer, Uzai, and Jehohanan, Malchijah, and Elam, and Ezer. And the singers sang aloud with Jezreana, their overseer. Also that day they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced, for God had made them rejoice with great joy. The wives also and the children rejoiced, so that the joy of Jerusalem was heard even afar off. Well, that's just beautiful. I think here um, you had the whole congregation. You had down to the children getting together and rejoicing, so that it was heard afar off. Um, it was... It was noticeable from the distance that something was going on in Jerusalem. <clears throat> so what do people hear coming from us? What's the sound that's heard afar off from us throughout the week? <clears throat> so it's, it's good to sing, but we need to rejoice. <clears throat> so I'm going to read through... Psalms here, as you can imagine, David was just, um, he was just seemed to be filled with song, that he wrote so many psalms, and uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through a bunch of uh, short psalms here, but they have a lot of good encouragement for us to rejoice. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice, let them ever shout for joy, because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. Psalm 9.2 I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. Psalm 13.5 But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. Psalm 68.3 But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Psalm 98.4 Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise, and rejoice, and sing praise. Psalm 111.1 Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. In the assembly of the upright, and in the congregation. And I didn't... I didn't actually note this, but when they brought in the ark into Jerusalem, that's exactly what David did. He, he rejoiced with his whole heart to the point that uh, Michael, his wife, despised him. <clears throat> Psalm 9-1, I will praise thee, O Lord, okay, I read that, with my whole heart. So I'm going to read in... Revelations here. See another example. This is not actually of singing according to the way it's written, but it is worship. Check. 
chapter Revelations 4, 8 through 11. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So here you have this worship going on. And brethren, if we're faithful, someday we can join in with these, these throngs that are before the throne of God and truly can rejoice without hindrance. But I think till then we're called to rejoice on this earth. Okay, so I'm going to go to Romans 4. Nineteen and twenty. Okay, so I'm going to read this in the ESV. Uh, so if you're reading, at, following after, it may be a little different. Romans four nineteen through twenty. Now this is speaking of Abraham. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as dead, which was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. And that was once brought to my attention how he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. So if we're going to give glory to God, we're going to praise and worship him, it will build our faith. I'm not sure how it works, but apparently it worked for Abraham. He grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. So let's do that. And uh, maybe it's kind of like compounding interest. You give glory to God, you grow in faith, you grow in faith, you rejoice. <clears throat> First Thessalonians 5, 16 and 19 says, Rejoice evermore. That verse, that's all it says, rejoice evermore, kind of leaves it as a command. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And then he says, quench not the spirit. So rejoice evermore. <clears throat> and in everything, give thanks. Do we have a spontaneous song of praise as we go about our day, or do we allow ourselves to become sullen, silent, and distracted? You know, it's something as I was looking into this, 
Um, just looking at my own life, I was like, I haven't been singing much lately. As I go about my work, I'm not sure why, but I haven't been. Where is that spontaneous song? When you're just going about your work and a song just bursts out and you sing. It's, it's beautiful when you can see that. <clears throat> um, you know, I get on a lot, of, a lot of local Amish farms and I've been to multiple farms where whether the girls are sorting, sorting produce or whatever and they're just singing. It's beautiful. And uh, let's be those people that sing. I know some of us, you know, we, we have weight on our shoulders. But let's not let that quench our song. I think some of the examples we've seen already, they had more weight on their shoulders than we do. They were going into battle. They had, uh, you know, they were facing some challenges, but they sang and they overcame. So let's not let the cares of this world quench our song. So a little on the scientific side of it, what does singing do to us? Um, the neuroscience, I'm just quoting here, the neuroscience of singing shows that when we sing, our neurotransmitters connect in a new and different ways. It fires up the right temporal lobe of our brain, releasing endorphins that make us smarter, healthier, happier, and more creative. When we sing with other people, this effect is amplified. So there's the physical thing. Uh, the benefits of singing, it says it makes you smarter, healthier, happier, and more creative. And when you sing with other people, it amplifies it. Here's another quote, somewhat overlaps a little bit. One of the great things about singing is that it connects you to the right side of your brain. This is the side responsible for intuition, imagination, and all our creative functions. It connects us to a world of possibilities. In modern life, we are constantly bombarded with so much information that we process and analyze. We tend to get stuck in the left, in the left processing side of our brain. So it becomes fundamentally important to nurture the attributes of human beings that set us apart from machines. The best way to do that is singing. So there's just the physical things. Um, if you don't want to become just a machine, sing. And I know it's, you know, I, I think it's very true that um, you can get stuck on the analyzing side and become very, you lack creativity, you just lack vibrancy, you lack life, you become dull. Um, like they say, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Well, maybe singing could be put in there. <clears throat> Singing should be as much a part of our life as eating, sleeping, and working. That should be a part of our life. It's essential. So are you singing? <clears throat> Let's read in Psalm 148. <clears throat> And here we can join in the worldwide choir, as I like to call it, here in Psalm 148. We'll read the whole chapter. And 
Yeah, we'll read here. Psalm 148. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all his hosts. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. He hath also established them forever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not pass. Praise the Lord from the earth, ye dragons, and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all people, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and heaven. He also exalteth the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints, even of the children of Israel, a people near unto him. Praise ye the Lord. <clears throat> I like to call this the worldwide choir. You got the water, you got the trees, you got the hills, the sun, the moon. They're all told to praise him. <clears throat> and he says, young man, Maidens, old men, children, everyone, join in and, and sing with them. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so let's not be the one oddball in God's creation that's not singing. <clears throat> I'm going to go in Luke 19. Starting in verse 36. This is when Jesus entered into Jerusalem on a donkey. <clears throat> and as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. <clears throat> and when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen saying, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. <clears throat> they're too enthusiastic. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm assuming that's what they're thinking. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. <clears throat> so if we don't praise God, the earth will. <clears throat> so in closing here, there's a song that we sing occasionally. And I'm going to read the one, one verse of it here. And my desire is that we can make a commitment in this song as it says, I'll praise my maker while I've breath. And when my voice is lost in death, praise shall employ my nobler powers. My days of praise shall ne'er be past, while life and thought and being last, for immortality endures. 
So he's saying, I'll praise my maker while I have breath here. And after I die, I will continue to praise him while immortality endures. So may that encourage you to praise the Lord, not just today, but tomorrow and every day. May we be a people that praise him and let the earth ring again in our temples. Lord bless you.